0: What's up, Headbangers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder Podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at talklouder underscore podcast. And of course, our website, talklouderpodcast.com, where you'll find links to all of our previous episodes and our merch. I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. And uh, today we've got a special guest that uh, Jason got to know pretty well last year when you stepped in for him uh, for a couple shows. We've got Mark Tornillo from Accept, lead vocalist for Accept, also formerly of TT Quick, which we get into uh, some interesting stories uh, related to his days in TT Quick in the early 80s. Mark has been with Accept for nearly 15 years now, has put out five studio albums. The latest was Too Mean to Die, which was very well received. They've been touring the heck out of it, recently came home. We caught him during a break while they're currently writing material for the next album. So staying busy and staying healthy, which is great. So we were happy yeah, he's to have fit.
1: him. He's fit, and he's been doing it longer than most of our listeners have been alive.
0: Yeah, this is true. Yeah,
1: yeah not to, you know, I didn't put any numbers on that. Right. Uh, he is featured in um, this <clears throat> volume one. I'm sure he'll be, in vo- he'll be in all three volumes of Jersey Metal, the uh, history mm. of the Garden State's heavy metal scene. I'm holding up uh, volume one here. Great book. Which is from, from 69 to 86. We had Alan Tecchio, who took my place in Watchtower for a while. He sings on the second record, Control and Resistance. He's my friend. Uh, him and Frank White who is a jersey photographer uh writer and all around badass uh these guys check out this book jersey metal mark tornillo is in this he's all over it because he's such a he's such a staple and yeah. uh, legendary uh front man for from tt quick he tells us some old school stories about the moors mm-hmm. and uh just things that went on back then and how it how how it's just a crazy you know it's it's a very it's not a big state no and there's a zillion bands that you are in your record collection yeah from this tiny state right uh and so you know he's a he's a big deal he's a he's a big fish in a little pond you know the coolest the coolest thing about mark's story is probably pre it could even predate TT quick maybe not but it could uh he's covered accept songs
0: oh yeah, he, yeah. now he's
1: in accept and right it's just, that's kind of like what you know uh he's played with it's interesting how uh I asked him a question about you know it shows he was doing in 82 and 83 and that's around the time that Metallica was getting in bed with uh Johnny Z at Megaforce Records, well TT Quick was already hanging out with Johnny Z and uh Eddie Trunk was doing radio and you know College Kid running around Jersey doing radio all over the place and TT Quick was TT Quick was writing, you know playing shows with Twisted Sister and they were they were headlining the same venues and packing them Yeah. You get a little bit of the gist about what you're in for today when we talk about that. We also talk about uh, some stories that uh, he sh- actually shared with me face to face when we were, on. this is, feels weird to say, it, on tour together on the East Coast when I was out there helping him out when he was uh, recovering from uh, his upper respiratory issue that caused him to uh, have some vocal issues. Uh, right. it, was, it was a dream come true for me it was an awesome introduction to get to meet Mark as well as except uh some of my teenage heroes and uh we talk a little bit about that and he's just the salt of the earth he's a real dude here's the cool thing about Mark he's so smart never quit his day job singer for Accept. I mean bona fide fucking rock star okay you know that sounds like a derogatory remark no he can wear that hat because he kept his day job
0: (laughs) (laughs) what is his day job i don't know
1: i I don't know if he would want to divulge but i I don't think that he's so real i don't think he really gives a shit uh he he's like kind of got an important job he's like a foreman okay like a contract foreman like built like buildings and shit all right and i think he's done that like for years wow And uh, I think it's it's really cool. He probably works with heavy metal and shit. (laughs) You know what I mean? He he wears a hard hat and shit. So you know, it's kind of his job is metal. Yeah, (laughs) whether he's got a microphone in his hand or a clipboard yelling at some dudes in a radio on a radio. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Basically, he turns his microphone. Well, you know, uh, uh, a walkie-talkie is is also a microphone. True Heals in metal.
0: Can he's you imagine him metal, barking orders? Can you imagine him barking orders at you?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've stood next to him on stage and heard him bark. It's a fucking fine bark he's got.
0: Yeah, he, I, mean, he, I really enjoyed his story. You know, I don't know if people realize. You know, he's done five albums with Accept. He's been with him nearly fifteen years. One of the things uh, people may not realize is. Uh, he's also the chief lyricist now. He writes all the lyrics, uh, yeah. and that wasn't always the case, and except in years past, you might be surprised to find out that Wolf Hoffman's wife was uh, one of the primary lyric lyricists in, in days past, and some of the songs that you've been singing since you were a teenager were written by Gabby Hoffman. That's and, right. Uh, also the Mar-
1: manager of the band.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so Mark not only got the gig as the singer and did a great job on the mic, but he's also the primary lyricist now. And we learn a little bit about the process, about how the songs come together. Sometimes they start with a riff and sometimes they start with the lyrics and Wolf builds uh, a riff around the lyrics. I'm sure that's, you know, every band has their chemistry and that's probably not entirely unique, but it was, it did tell a great story about one song in particular that basically started as a poem. And then all of a sudden it's on the last accept album so yeah, you're
1: you're texting back and forth with your manager and next thing you know you and your manager have come up with a new song lyric yeah. it's pretty it's pretty yeah. cool yeah. But those accidents happen all the time as you well know dave you you have suggest you've said something on the fly and i went wait what did you say and i wrote it down next day it's a fucking song yeah so yeah. everyone has the process and that process can be very similar worldwide when you put together a tune so there's something else that Mark as he's uh as he rode off into the sunset today he mentioned uh not only this we were still talking about Jersey Metal the book uh and uh, he did mention that there it's coming out on Amazon Prime uh a a, a limited series documentary about music in new jersey now i don't recall do you recall what he called it what the name of it is
0: i don't know if i heard. It's not
1: jersey metal that don't be confused that's the name of the books that alan tecchio and frank white have put out Uh, right so the jersey music scene and so what i'm getting at you're going to hear mark's name mark turnillo the singer current singer of Accept. You're going to hear his name and his history more and more. If you watch music documentaries on, on Amazon, which I do, I do as well. Yeah. So I'm glad that he brought that up and he said he did the interview like a year or two ago. So years
0: ago, it's probably going to happen
1: sooner than later. So everyone keep their, their heavy metal ear to the grindstone for that. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. Mark Tornillo on today's Talk Louder podcast.
1: hi d hi hi-da. hi hi hi-da. hi d hi hi-da.
0: How are you, man? Doing well. Thanks Mark, for joining Dave, us.
2: Dave Mark. Nice, nice to meet you,
0: meet you man.
2: Yeah, I'm uh, quite relaxed, actually. Just came back from vacation, so. Uh, I'll
1: start. I'll start. Nice. Hey, uh, so don't take this with a respectful compliment when I say that uh, you, I mean, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe in your area, where you're from, where your world, where you, where you, Call home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You talk to scenesters, people who've been around in your area, mm-hmm. and you mention by name. You people say your name to these people who've been around a long time in the rock scene, whether they're record store owners, club owners, other songwriters, other bands. You mention your name. And they're like, fucking legend. They say that. <laughs> so they say that. They say that. What? I don't want to put you on the spot. But that's, that's, just, kinda,
2: that's just showing my age, bro. <laughs>
1: well, by definition, legend. They mean you you came, you kicked ass, and you were younger, and here, and here you are still kicking ass. I didn't even put a date on it. Uh,
2: I just figure legend status comes with age, but you know. Um, well, I don't know, and you know, just been doing it, been at it for so long. I guess you know, eventually you uh, earn respect for no yeah. other longevity. So,
0: yeah, if you, <laughs> right. If you survive long enough, eventually right. they, yeah, yeah. Well, you've been. I mean. Well, you've been around for a while, as you said, and, and I do want to talk about TT quick, but, uh, you know, you've been with except for 14 years now, 14, yeah. 15 years
2: You're going that way. Right.
0: Yeah. And, and five studio albums and all critically acclaimed. Um, and, and you were, I mean, you stepped into some impossible shoes and knocked it out of the park. So, what I understand is there was no really any big audition process. The way I've heard it described, I think even you have described it in interviews, is kind of just a happy accident. So tell us how you got the gig.
2: Either accident, happy accident, or just fate. I don't know which. Well, <laughs> uh, I know is um, out of nowhere. My phone rang one day, and it was actually a friend of mine, and asked me if he could give uh, Peter my number. Right. Asked me you know, if it was okay to give Peter Baltus my number. And I'm like, what the hell does he want with me? You know, I had no idea. And, <laughs> and I thought they were in Germany as far as I knew. So it right. turned out Peter lived 40 minutes away from me. But uh, they were recording, actually he was producing his son's album for his son, son's band. And they had just gone through the ringer with Udo about trying to get the band back together because the wrestler movie had come out. And balls was the big featured song. It was played twice in the movie, you know. So uh, they, I guess, they figured if we're ever going to do it, now'd be a good time. And yeah. they just could not come to terms. And uh, Wolf was pretty disgruntled about the whole thing. And he and Gabby got into an argument. And she goes, "Listen, why don't you go to Peter's and blow off some steam?" This is this is the way I heard it from her.
1: Okay. Uh,
2: so he did gabby being wolf's wife wife, yeah okay yeah and the band's manager at the time right so uh so he did came up here and he just happened to be in the studio with peter that day with his son sebastian's band and uh they were bitching about the whole situation and the owner of the studio joey DeMayo, the old friend just says hey and not Man of War Joey DeMail. There's no oh, okay. three people named Joey DeMail. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> I did not realize how common of a name that I is. I didn't either. Right. I thought he meant Man War guy.
2: Yeah. yeah. And and he just goes to him, goes, why don't you call Mark? And he's like, Mark, who's Mark? Like, he's a singer from TT Quick. And they were like, TT Quick. And we had opened for them back in the day at Lamour. Um Also, Michael Wagner worked with us while he was working with them and they had heard our name from him. Um, so I I guess it rung a bell and they were like, can you get him on the phone? Can we get him here? And that's how the whole process started little by little. And I, I did call Peter back or Peter called me rather. And, uh, asked me if I wanted to come jam with him and Wolf at the studio and a drummer who turned out to be a friend of mine. And, and uh, so I went, I was sick as a dog. I had bronchitis. Um, I didn't care. I'm like, yeah, I'll go. Yeah. I'm going anyway. So, uh, went down there and I was really not on point, I thought, but apparently I was good enough <laughs> to get their attention. <laughs> so, we did, yeah, we had a nice day actually, you know, we we jammed some old stuff, we jammed some ACDC and stuff like that, and old uh, except songs that I knew, and uh, because TT Quick had covered them back in the day, so I, you know, we had done Son of a Bitch and Restless and Flash Rockin' Man and Fast as a Shark. And so I knew all these songs. Right. And uh we actually wrote Life's a Bitch that day. It was the first, uh, it, as strange as it sounds, it never came out until we recorded it finally for Blind Rage and it still didn't come out on that album. But uh, oh. it was a good day. And uh two, I thought nothing of it, really. I didn't think anything was going to come of it. Two weeks later, I got another phone call. What would you think about doing a record and a tour? And I'm like, "Whoa, all right. Well, let's uh, let me run that by the wife first. Let me see what she thinks about that before I go saying yes." Yeah. And <laughs> and and she said, "Well, if you don't do it, there'll be no living with you, Willer." Said, no. <laughs> you make a good point, woman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, go have fun. Like, okay. and that's really was the was the beginning of it right there so
0: yeah now your first album 2010 uh blood of the nations um a lot of people i want to know from your perspective like when you went in the studio and recorded with except for this is your first time doing a record with them the expectations are either very high or very low and when you got done recording that record were you confident that you knocked it out of the park or was it not until later where you started, got the validation of the, the, the positive reviews and the fans started to embrace you? How did you feel that immediately after recording it?
2: When we were done, like totally done and it was, you know, being, it was already mixed and being mastered. And I was, I knew we had something big. I knew we had something good. Okay. But did not start that way at all. Because when we we first before Andy got involved, we had started writing, the three of us, and we were recording some stuff. And once Andy Andy somehow got his weaselled his way in, is what he did because he wanted to, he wanted to be the producer on the album. Andy Sneap, man, he went through every channel possible to get to Wolf. And right. when that he, was he a,
1: is it. that an Ed Aborn? That's an That's Ed, Ed Aborn, Aborn man. connection. Ed
2: Aborn. Yeah was told Wolf about, and, and he's like, Andy Sneap, who's Andy Sneep? I don't know this person. I does he? think well, he knows you and you have met. he's like, did we meet? I don't know. But they yeah. hit it off well. And it's funny, Andy came to Nashville to when Wolf went, was living still in Nashville. He, he actually still is. He's all over the place now. But um, and in the, the original house that they had down there. And he listened to the stuff. And he goes, No, 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 no. This is all wrong. <laughs> this is totally all wrong. Let's let's go back. And he took them and made them listen to all the 80s albums from from like Breaker through Metal Heart. Right. And and you listened to each one of these records. And we set that. They sat down. I was not there. They sat down and dissected what made them who they were in the 80s. And where they wanted to go now, and what you needed as far as riffs and hooks, and and it worked because the writing totally changed. Yeah. And then I had to pass Andy's audition, which was even better. <laughs> when well, we actually started recording, I think the first song that we recorded that was finished was that I did vocals on was "The Abyss," and we were rec- actually recording at the basement in, in Wolf's house, and he, Andy was. Uh, Had told Gabby says, "Well, we're going to find out today whether he can cut the mustard or not because I'm not just going to work with any singer." And blah blah, blah, you know. Wow. Yeah, and so. Wow. So that was my first my first foray into that. We sang. I sang the abyss. Did all the back. I did the overdubs. Did the doubles. Anything that had to be done. All I heard was that. Gabby said Andy came upstairs and just went, We got it, we got that. We're gonna <laughs> my on it. it's like, it's, it's, that never came true, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you you know, you and Andy Sneap came into the Accept picture at the same time and you're still together. I mean yeah, he's produced are. he's produced every album that you have sang on with Accept. So that was a, no, a I really love way of working
2: with Andy. You know, he's a great he's a great producer and he's a great producer for uh, a vocalist I think because he's got a really good feel and really good input on things that you know he likes he likes to get a little too many takes you can ask Rob Halford about that too he's like God, god how many times do I have to bloody fucking sing this you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just, oh, I Nick, you got a better one in you mate it's like oh god
0: yeah <laughs> one more time Well, it's paid off. And, you know, I, I, when I heard Blood of the Nations, I thought, wow, they found a guy that can actually do it. Because, yeah, obviously Udo's got a very distinctive voice and and uh, and 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 people, I think, were worried about who's going to take his place. And then right off the bat, you come in with your first record and. I thought it immediately bridged the gap from okay, Udo's gone, Mark is in. Let's keep going. You know,
1: I like how how Dave is not mentioning the guy in between Udo and you.
2: (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, okay. He was 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 actually not between me and Udo. Udo was back after that. So, oh, he was. (laughs) Udo came
1: back. I didn't even know Udo came back. I thought they were done, 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 and then.
2: Yeah. Well, so
0: so here's my point, I guess we are talking about David Reese, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. so but I think the point I was trying to make is David probably came in and and did a fine job. But I think it's not until Mark came in that we recaptured the classic accept sound that people thought would not be duplicated again.
1: Amen.
2: That's what I was trying
0: to say.
1: The power of accept was was finally becoming embellished in the right way.
2: Yeah, well, you know, in David Reese's defense, they were trying to shift gears. They were looking to tr- to become a more commercial band at that point because they couldn't get on the radio over here with Udo. You know, and were- I'm 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 okay with
1: I'm okay with trying something new. I feel like having an open mind is is good. I just don't think. Well, they didn't have they didn't have Andy Sneap going no 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 and yeah, they rethink true. what what it was. And it was a, it was the beginning of a very weird time for right. music, for for heavy metal, for hard rock. When you think about late '80s and early '90s, it's it's kind of a weird moment.
2: Once grunge came in, it was what the hell happened? Yeah, we, we yeah. Were all, Well, let's see. I'm glad I didn't quit my day job. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I meant no disrespect to David Reese. He's a great singer. No, I
2: singer. know that. I know so that. The That's, point I was trying
0: to make was when Mark came back into the band, all of a sudden, Except was back the way we remembered Except. And I didn't think anyone ever thought we would get Except back the way we remembered Except. It just
1: sounded kind of funny, the way you were saying it. <laughs> I, I was enjoying it more than you guys
0: were. But... No, sorry, David. I didn't mean to hit fast forward on you. Uh, <laughs> And so another thing, Mark, uh, that was different was you became the chief lyricist, which was 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 was, that's also a different change in the mix, because Gabby, as we've mentioned, uh, Wolf's wife and manager uh, was responsible for writing a lot of the lyrics. So when you come in as a lyricist, is that something you offered and put on the table or was that something Wolf was kind of hoping you would kind of bring to the table so Gabby could take a break?
2: Gabby was kind of hoping I was going to take (laughs) them. Yeah. Listen, they had to convince her to manage the band again. She wasn't part of it. Right. She wanted to be retired. She was, you know, so for her to take that on, especially to, to, you know, rebuild basically from scratch, you know, uh, she didn't have, she wasn't going to have time to write lyrics. Let's put it that way. Uh, Right. She did, you know, she's still to this day comes up with some really good ideas and throws them at me. And it's, you know, she's, she's a well of information. Tell you that. But English is my first language kind of made sense, you know? Yeah.
0: But so I'm curious to know how much, I mean, that's just, to me, that sounds like even more added pressure to you because you got to come in and, and prove yourself as the singer for this band. And also now you've got to have lyrics that stand up to the test of Wolf and Gabby and, and the rest of the band, and Andy Sneap,
2: apparently, you know. But I always, you know, I prefer to sing my own lyrics anyway. But right, you know, did you,
1: really did, you did. Uh, did did Andy have anything to say about any of your lyrics? Do you recall any any changes you had to make? Yeah, well, it,
2: it, everybody does. I mean, it's it's, it's yeah. not. I'm not just writing, and this is the way it's going to be. Right. We've all got input, you know, always. So right. and especially Andy. Andy's really good at coming up with a different you know, different phrase or different phrasing or a different word for, for, for a certain word, you know, he's really, he's, he's really smart dude.
1: When you were tracking, was it, was it kind of like you would sing something and he would go, Hey, what are you saying there? Hey, let's try this instead. Like literally with the red light on. He's always
2: got a printout of what I'm singing anyway, but you know, he, constantly. Yeah. Let's try it like this and see what it sounds like. And we'll keep it all. And then go, you know, he'll go back and, you know, comp what he wants. Sure. Sure.
1: Wow.
0: Well, so then, you know, uh, blood of the nations, I think was a, was a huge success considering the fact that the band was kind of in a state of disarray. Let's put it that way. So you come into the picture, new singer, new lyricist, uh, Gabby is, uh, taking over. You talked her into managing the band again after she wanted to retire. <laughs> so you, you got a lot of pieces falling into place. And, uh, and, and I, I think you guys would have had to breathe a huge sigh of relief after you got all the positive reviews and the fans embraced you, especially. Um, that was a huge triumph for you guys.
2: It was because you know, I tell you what, it, it, when we, they first announced that I was going to be the singer in the band, it was not going well online. There was not a lot of happy people out there, man. I, mean, I was getting hate mail. Holy crap. Wow. You know, like, yeah.
1: Peace. Yeah, they're re- give, they're giving you a review before they've even heard you fucking oh, yeah. sing. They just see yeah. your name and go, what the fuck? No way. Exactly, yeah. When when was it that you feel like that, that changed? Was it after the record came out, or was it after you'd played a few shows in Germany? Or was it, you know, because I feel like Germany... Sort of changed their mind. The did the haters, the doubters, when they finally heard the record and they couldn't wait to hear this live. Tell us a little bit about when you started rehearsing for the tour. You're just playing this as well as a slew of old shit because you gotta.
2: Well, we when we we actually did that uh, prelim that preliminary tour before the album came out. Um, oh right okay so the only thing that had been released at that point was um the abyss that was the first single so that's the only thing anyone had heard and that and that was going really well Eddie trunk uh was the one who premiered it here cool in 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 this country i don't know who did it overseas but it was it went really well plus we did that metal show and um and we had just filmed the Teutonic Terror video, but that wasn't out yet. Right. Neither was the song. So a uh, few days later, we embarked on what we called our the preliminary BOTN tour, which started in New York. The first show was at the Gramercy. So... It was a you know it was a sold-out show. I pretty much knew everybody in the audience, so that went real well for me. All
1: uh, all three Joey DeMayos were there?
2: Yes, <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, anyway. but, uh, that ain't bad. Uh, but I mean that was that was a great show. And I but I had no idea what to expect after that, because three days after that we were in Lithuania and I'm going. Well, uh-oh, right. I'm seeing myself as you know, like Spanky with the with the garbage can lid walking out, going friends, Rowans, and countrymen. <laughs> <laughs> the tomatoes coming in. So, but it was never like that. It was it was never like that. And we did a few festivals on that run. We did. Um, was that the open airs with ACDC? I think on that run. Wow. Oh. Yeah, we did some crazy stuff, and it, yeah. was, it was a, it was amazing, I and mean, i never, never had any derogatory, you know, feelings from the audience. Yeah, still. Yeah. you, you, I were, mean, you, you know, you're, you're always were. going to get the the one guy on the comments that's going to go, no, 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 sir. Okay, <laughs> right, okay. right. Back to your vault, You know, go on. <laughs> well, I <laughs> feel, or or somebody will go. Where's who? Well, where have you been? You right, know? right, yeah. years, yeah. Well, some people still
1: think Skid Row has Sebastian Bach, so right. it's the same bullshit. Right. You know, it's
0: yeah. Like, that's damn. why. That's why I opened the segment with uh, stating that you know Mark has been in the band almost 15 years now, five studio albums, five. So yeah. if you've been sleeping on
1: this, you need to catch up. <laughs> and you guys are writing right now, aren't you?
2: Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm going to be going uh, down to Wolf's probably in a few weeks. So. Wow. Amazing. It's fucking You just amazing. got home from Europe, didn't you? Yeah. Well, we just got home from South America. Europe South America, in right. Europe, yeah. Back in the end of February last year. Some of, year of your on. boys got sick, huh? We all got sick in South America. <laughs> you <laughs> caught South, it too, huh? My constitution is a little, uh, you know, I mean, nowhere's near sick like I got in October when you came in. Oh, so. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of sick anyway. <laughs> this, this, was,
1: this was a different kind of sick, wasn't it?
2: kind of sick. This started with your stomach and then worked it way up. But like Phil got it really bad. Mm. I mean, he was passing out and they had to take him off a plane. It was like, wow. And then the guitar tech, same way. So we actually played a show with no crew. Because Christopher got it when we were in Chile. Christopher got it too. Phil was still in Peru and guitar tech could not leave his room. So the drum tech played the show drum wow. <laughs> <laughs> played the show and we had no crew Wow! wow. guitars, no nothing it's like man, she well, pulled it off and the crowd loved it, it was amazing that's amazing man, show you, guys have, you guys have been <laughs> beat yeah, up. Man. Dude, like, you know, anybody anybody else in their right mind would have cancelled this show it's like, nah we can do this, come on <laughs> No, you guys have
1: turned into like uh this hero kind of uh you cannot too mean to die like literally fucking no. too mean to exactly. die you guys i mean with a little help from your friends sometimes the drum tech and ed aborn ends up finding me
2: and whatever yeah. it is yeah holy shit i could not believe that you were filled in for john bush right after that it's like Dude. oh my god I'm, Dude. I'm I'm going, you got to be kidding me. Hey, you got a yeah. new career, bro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If this podcast doesn't work out, you. you gotta...
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm the guy with the broom, you know? Oh, that's funny.
0: That's funny. So Mark, Jason will clean
1: it up a little bit.
0: Tell uh, us about that, Mark. So you're out on the road, uh, you get sick and uh, Jason comes in and steps in for a few shows. How were you even aware, how aware were you of Jason McMaster before his name came into the conversation?
2: I, I probably haven't heard his name since dangerous toys, you know? Yeah.
1: Okay. okay. Since, you know, well, I, since the late eighties or early nineties, cause that's when that.
2: Yeah. Thing, but us, you know, these old war were. horses never die, man. We just keep going. So, right, right. I was not surprised. Uh, but I was very grateful. Obviously, still am. I'm glad and glad everything we only uh, actually we only missed one show out of that whole thing. So, yeah, right.
1: that was the Toronto. No, oh, the one in South yeah. Jersey. Yeah, the one you had to let go. Right, the Toronto yeah. was without I, you, where Chris and Chris and Martin sang. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So you did a show where the band members handled lead vocals. Then you missed. Then you had to cancel the show, and then Jason shows up. Is that right? I was
2: was extremely sick when we were in Toronto. I mean, it wasn't even funny. I had and I had had it. I had just said I sang three nights in a row already, being sick, Mm -hmm. and the throat just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm bronchitis, and I can't breathe. It turned out I had RSV, whatever the hell that is, respiratory something virus that affects it's mostly a ch- children's virus. Yeah. Okay. But it's can, you know, not good for the elderly. Ha <laughs> <So>, uh, <laughs> ha. So yeah. Well, it, it knocked the shit out of me. Plus, yeah, that it destroyed my vocal cords from coughing. Well, and when we know, got we, to Toronto that morning, just really quick, when we got to Toronto that morning on the bus, I was laying in my in my bunk. And Trying to, you know, just trying not to cough and going, but I know I got a cough and there's a shit ton of stuff that's gonna come up. And I'm going, all right, I got to cough. So I went to take a breath to cough and nothing went in. And I went, whoa, what the hell is that about? Mm -hmm. As I jumped out of the bunk and stood up. And before I freaked out, I went, wait a minute, dude, if you couldn't breathe, you'd be dead. Oh yeah, I would've died in my sleep, wouldn't I? Yeah, okay, so you can't breathe. Just go easy, breathe through your nose. And it went, but slowly, but I was fine. And I walked up to the front of the bus (laughs) just then. And I looked at them all and I went, I am not singing tonight. And they were like, oh yeah, you you say that. No, no. I need a fucking doctor and I'm not singing tonight. Wow. And we went, but they went, set up the gear anyway, thinking I was going to pull through. And the doctor came to my hotel room. He was like, you're not going anywhere. Yeah! Wow! wow. Shot, me up, shot me up with steroids, and he says the reason you couldn't draw a breath on the bus was because your vocal cords were so swollen they're cutting off your windpipe. <laughs> they're wow. just—they're like, ridiculous. Wow!
1: Okay. So, so John Bush, fucking identical, same shit. Same maybe, thing, right? maybe, maybe not the the swelling. As bad, but he knew yeah. that he wasn't gonna make it. Yeah. And Joey Vera calls me. That's exactly how that happened. Yep. And Mark, I had just seen those guys with Wasp and Michael Shanker in San Antonio it, right? nine days prior, and they fucking destroyed I it. it. <laughs> I was killing it up till then. Of course you were. <laughs> yeah. Like bam. Well, you know the, and we've talked about this on on the show before, of course many times um about how it seemed at the time you know uh october november last year bands were getting up to the eastern seaboard and the singers were were being crushed by this virus and um i wasn't uh I I I wasn't worried that I was going to get it, but I should have. I mean, should have been worried. Yeah, I really, <laughs> because dude, everyone on that bus was coughing, snot flying everywhere. I was like, oh, this. I'm walking in. You know, did you know that I I walked into the? I got off the plane and I was just getting over some kind of bullshit. I don't even know if you knew that.
2: Oh, I didn't know yeah. that.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, anyway. uh, it was, he, it was an honor to. Dude, at the shows to, we did together, I thought. Dude, were
0: I was just going to say, so, so yeah, Mark starts getting, Mark starts to get a little better while Jason is still on the
2: accept bus. And the so one you,
1: day I did the one day at, at Penn's peak, Penn in peak, Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. And he was going to do
2: the show. You were going to do the shows in New York yeah. with the promoter. And. He, the promoter called called the uh, management and yeah. said, "Hey, if Tornillo doesn't show up, I'm canceling the next three shows because he had the next the two in New York and the one in New Jersey." Hmm. He says, "I'm going to cancel the what? shows because I think he just you know wanted was looking for a way out at that point." But I don't care. So I said, "The fuck you are! <laughs> going to put yeah. everybody out of work? No, I'm not." I'm, Un- yeah, that's talk about they, unfair. They drove to freaking uh, Patchogue, or wherever the hell we were.
1: Yeah. So, so you I can't pronounce that town either. Yeah, <laughs> Patchogue or something. Yeah, yeah. So, so
0: there there was some you know uh, a promoter that was going to basically pull the plug on the shows if Mark doesn't show up. So Mark shows up. Uh, but the but the deal is, does the promoter know that you and Jason are going to tag team this show, or is he just satisfied that probably you're going to show up?
2: I guess no, just, I don't. I, mean, I, was, I, I had to put out a statement that I was going to be at those shows. Right, so I was there.
0: So yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I I argued that the people that were in attendance at that show got something really special because so, uh, that probably will never happen again. God willing, we don't want anyone I mean, else to get the sick. One we but did
2: in, uh, in New Jersey, I thought it was killer that Damn. last one. Cause yeah. I, so many of the like old TT quick fans were there and shit, man. They were like, they had a blast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, I thought that we complimented each other really well. And I got to say, Dave, I got to tell Dave this with you in the room. Mark is a class act. You know, I, I landed in fucking Pennsylvania and Wolf and Uva came to my room. I said, got your phone. Call Mark right now. Do you remember me making Wolf call you? He handed me the phone and I talked to you. I said, This is your house. This is your gig. Please know that it's an honor to be here. Blah, 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 blah. You came back with the same, like, open arms the next day to save the band, the crew, uh, and the promoter's temperament and then i feel like uh i don't know if it was wolf and uva that because they were speaking german the whole fucking time and <laughs> <didn't see> <laughs> if they were like plotting the next move because it was kind of a day-by-day
2: play out yeah and, i yeah. know what the hell was going to happen so you so you
1: come in and putting out the statement like ah i'm back and it's like but you know and you you saying uh Ah, it was like to me just as much it was to anybody else it's like i'm not a hundred percent we're gonna go tag team i'm gonna do some i'm gonna pull you out we'll do one then you do a couple rah, and it was like this okay yeah it works <laughs> fucking slamming
2: yeah.
1: it was a metal it army
2: it was <laughs> I, thought that, I thought it was fun man
1: fucking seven motherfuckers on stage
2: <laughs> yes sir a bunch of Uh, a
1: bunch of rednecks and some some fucking jersey dude and some germans (laughs) germans
0: (laughs) well you guys pulled it off and, and i think that uh you know those that were in attendance got treated to something uh that we'll probably never see again and and you pulled it off so so hats off to you guys um
1: dave what you got
0: I was going to ask Mark, you know, you, you mentioned, and I still want to get to TT quick and we will, but, uh, prior to joining except you had sung a bunch of their songs in your various bands or whatever. Um, prior to joining except, what was your favorite except album? Wow.
2: I think I know which one gotta be restless. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, then this this makes a great final
2: Breaker was my first one, and you know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of great stuff on there too. Fuck yeah,
0: man. yeah. So, speaking of restless, uh, you, I know this. You know, fast as a shark is one of those songs that we all remember the first time we heard it because it was oh, such yeah. a game changer. It blew I know our exactly mind. Exactly where I was when I heard it. So, tell me about your impression the first time you heard "Fast as a Shark."
2: We hmm. were we were playing at Lamore. And the DJ in between bands comes up and goes, well, I've got the brand new Accept album. And here's the first song I'm going to play for. And he starts playing the high D, high Do. And we're like, looking at each other going, what in the actual fuck is that? Uh, <laughs> high D, high Do. High do. So it was like, what the hell just happened? And the, the, the place went nuts. It was crazy. Yeah. The fact that, you know, Kaufman played double bass through the entire song. We were like, well, that's new, that's something new. Holy. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It
0: I was, call that the the scream heard around the world.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, that kind of changed the record, the song itself was a fucking game changer. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so are the you vocals. Know,
1: yeah, but but the song itself was a game changer i feel like that except had it had finally started to gain a little bit of a footprint and not just in the underground with restless because yep. when you think about the song breaker it's kind of the same feel
2: as as shark, shark but not quite as uh, catchy
1: Correct. But I mean, when they go to the bridge or whatever, I mean, Breakers do good, dega, do good, do good, you know, it has that same color. Uh, but like I said, Restless has that look out. This, this is uh, some catchy shit on here.
2: <laughs> yeah, watch out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I see what you did. Yeah. Uh, so there's, so there's I, not a bad
2: song on that record. I mean, that's, no, that's there's just, not. Yeah,
1: no, there's record. not. Hey, yeah. when when over half the record, sometimes you know riff orgy with the medley and everything, over half the record is in the fucking set. Yeah, to mm-hmm. this day. A lot of times. So, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it says so a lot. I wanna. So, Dave, when. I mean, I got to go into the inner sanctum, and I got to hang with Mark a whole bunch, and I,
0: Can you survived.
1: I cherished the time. <laughs> I cherished the times. We were the bus broke down. We sat and we sat and chatted in a fucking van. You know, <laughs> so old old school, right? The whole band's oh, yeah. in a van. Yeah, and I, uh,
2: I forgot about the bus breaking down. Freaking that shit. Up or bus driver oldest. He's a good old boy. I got to go fix that goddamn generator again. Yep.
1: <laughs> yep. Well, it was, a, it was a trip for me anyway. And Dave knows these stories already. Uh, you know, with Wolf Hoffman, your one of your childhood. Well, teenage, you know, heavy metal gods posters on the wall and shit is driving the van. Like he's the mom. He's metal mom. and everybody's cutting up in the back and i'm just like this is not real wolf hoffman is driving through the state of new jersey with his band in the back i was like this is fucking crazy (laughs) and i got fucking mark tt quick right next to me um we started talking about this uh the book uh jersey metal Oh,
0: I'm glad you have that. I was, I left mine in the other room because I was going to mention that. Yeah.
1: We, we talked about this, um, you yes. know, I was, I was like, well, he's going to be all over that because this wasn't out yet. I don't think it was just about to drop this Jersey metal book, which is, this is volume one 69 to 86. Yes. So it's no surprise that you're all over this. Um. This sounds nerdy, but I was listening to TT Quick like all day today. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, dude. (laughs) You sound fucking great on that shit, man.
2: Good stuff, man. I think it holds up. Tell us
1: about, there's some really cool mementos. I mean, I could go through the whole book and go, there's Mark, there's Mark, there's Mark. TT Quick, Flyer, Flyer, Flyer. Do you remember this gig? Do you remember that gig? I want to just kind of go into your mental photo album for a minute do you remember a gig at uh i guess it was around christmas time it was at the sports 9 skateway opening for metallica
2: oh my god
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah this is tt quick opening for metallica
1: T. T. Is T. Right? Quick opening for metallica had, a, had to have been 83 maybe
2: yeah this yeah. is a um the 83, so the rep came out 84.
1: Yeah, so check it out. It says uh, Metallica featuring their new material. And then under T, dude, hey, Dave, just so you know, the TT Quick logo with the fist and everything, the lightning bolts and shit. It's bigger than Metallica's logo <laughs> on the poster. It's bigger than Metallica's logo. And it TT says TT Quick uh, made
0: the posters.
1: says TT Quick.
0: <laughs> right. Isn't that how it works? No, I think Johnny <laughs> Z.
1: Johnny Z probably made these posters. Uh, it says, T.T. Quick, previewing, he was promoting the shows, so. yeah, previewing their all-new original show. Okay. Does that mean you you guys were just starting to have enough original material to not play covers and shit? Yeah. Okay. What do you remember so, about that gig? To
2: be perfectly honest with you, not a whole lot.
0: <laughs> Many moons ago.
2: Okay. Yeah. You know, they're... At that, Metallica was just another band to us at that point. So
1: okay, well, they were in your they were in your town.
2: Yeah. yeah well, you guys were visiting. label
0: mates, right? Yeah. You're on Megaforce. hmm So you're on. So you're on your label mates at the time with Metallica, Anthrax, Overkill, David. Yeah, you're you're mixed in there with some heavy hitters.
1: Yeah, yeah. basically my record collection. <laughs> basically yeah exactly I mean why, why are you laughing at that man no it's I'm, like I had it's all that no, it's Dave too, yeah. hey, are Dave were not alone it was the fucking anyone I knew I considered cool that was their fucking record collection too
0: well see the thing I love about the book and we should give props to Frank White and Alan Tecchio who put fuck that book yeah. together fuck um, yeah man what I loved about there the there, book there's was, the
1: dudes right there
0: there they yeah. are What I loved about that book is someone who I consider myself to be pretty well read when it comes to the metal, you know, uh, history and all that sort of thing. But I never really stopped and thought about the Jersey metal scene. And then this book Mm -hmm. puts it all together. You know, I was aware of the overkills and I'm aware of the Glenn Danzig and the misfits and stuff like that. But yeah, so this book kind of brought it all together. And then as I'm flipping through the book, I'm seeing things like Mark and T.T. Quick, and I'm getting all these reminders. So for people maybe like myself who only thought of the metal scenes in Texas and L.A. and New York, what was it like back in those days for you when T.T. Quick was coming up and, and bands like Metallica and Anthrax were just another band? What was it like for, for you guys in that scene?
2: It was huge, man. I mean, the, the you got to figure it wasn't just New Jersey; it was the tri-state area. Yeah, and more than the tri-state area because we would play, you know, uh, Connecticut, upstate New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and go down as yeah, go down as far as Hammerjacks and you know, yeah, uh, Baltimore. Yeah, and there was always somewhere to play. I mean, we we used to play six nights a week, sometimes two shows. You know, you do a matinee. It was like yeah. we could have seven nights a week if we wanted to. So, yeah. I mean, and we're making decent though yeah. yeah. Carrying our own production. Fuck yeah. Well yeah, it, it 20, sounds
1: it sounds to me like and I'm cool not comparing the cool
2: lights and PA system. Fuck yeah. yeah. You know, I'm,
1: I'm not I'm not comparing and I'm not saying it's a mirrored thing, but similar to in many, many ways, and probably the same club one night after the other or even together. You're you're talking. You're saying words that we've heard from Eddie and JJ from Twisted Sister.
2: Yes, well, so, well, we played. Together blow, together.
1: Oh so. yeah, but blowing up in the same venues, like hmm. around the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think what I liked about the book is the fact that even though I may have been aware of bits and pieces of that that scene, I I never saw it really put together and compiled so well. Right. So I like. Like, that I got this sense of. Wow, that really was a, a big scene to reckon with. You know, when you think of all the bands that came out of it.
1: Yeah. Hey, I feel like I feel like. Uh, sorry if I'm interrupting either of you guys, but I feel like Lars found out about <laughs> what was happening in New Jersey yes. and started fucking calling johnny z so hey uh you got Boy, this record is. store you got this swap meet you got all these clubs and you got all these hey uh can i send you some shit hey can we come play hey can we uh, record and like i'm i'm i i know it i know that's what happened exactly without what happened. even asking a question
0: yeah yeah so, he knew. Yeah, so, i mean it was very uh, a scene to be reckoned with for sure absolutely yeah. Um, and so T.T. Quick, here's the the journalist in me wants to know, what is the origins of the name T.T. Quick? And is it spelled with periods or without periods on the T.T.?
2: There's no periods.
0: No periods. OK.
2: And it was just uh, we needed a We needed a name. We had to, we were changing the name of the band. We had gotten a new drummer and we we're going to a new start. We're going to start playing more all pretty much all metal and we needed a new name and somebody said well let's just throw something together quick for now and we'll then we'll come up with a better one throw it together quick okay tt quick
0: ah interesting. i like it i don't think i ever knew that wow that's cool it's thrown yeah, together quick that.
2: that's great that's so great. was
1: glenn evans your new drummer at the time
2: no 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 this is before he- him we were still playing mostly covers so oh, that okay. was
0: interesting too. That Glenn Evans, who that merged- happened
2: in 79, we did that. We changed the name to TT Quick.
1: Okay, so okay, and wow. Glenn didn't
2: join a band till whoa, he, actually Glenn was in the band twice. He joined the band and he then played left on the EP. And then came back when we when we did the EP.
1: Yeah, he played on the EP.
2: Yeah, he did.
0: Glenn, of course, went on to uh to play in Nuclear Assault. Uh, one guy that I didn't know was in TT quick for a minute was AJ Pero.
2: Yeah. Wow.
0: Tell that us about was, that time. I didn't know
2: that that was a- after medal of honor. And, uh, and there was some weird stuff going on. Uh, we, I, we'd lost our deal with Island. Um, and Eric at the time, his father had, was dying of cancer and he, uh, He just said, look, I got to go home to New Orleans. I can't, I can't do this. So
1: Eric was the, Eric was the bass player. Drummer. Drummer. Okay.
2: Drummer. drummer who is actually very sick right now too. Oh no. Yeah. Um, I want to get into that at the moment, but.
1: Well, we're uh, thinking about Eric. We're thinking about you right now. Yeah. This is being recorded, but that doesn't matter.
2: But, um, so he went home to New Orleans to be with his family and so now we got no deal we got no drummer and it's like well what the hell are we going to do and Twisted had just gone through the whole uh, come out and play debacle mm. <laughs> and yeah. AJ, was, AJ what... was out of the band and I think I think we ra- I ran into him at a club one night and I was like dude I ne- we need a drummer why don't you come play with us for a while and he's like yeah really yeah, I mean, I'd known him since before he was in Twisted. You know, he had a—he was in a band called Cities that played it. new and uh,
1: I think I have the so city, one of the I'm, Cities records.
2: Yeah, 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 he's an amazing drummer, man. Yeah, he's, a, he's holding back. He's holding yeah, so, back in
1: Twisted Sister,
2: man. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, He didn't hold back with us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh, so he came and joined, the, you know, joined us, and that's when we wrote most of the. We were writing the little stuff for Sloppy Seconds at that point, and we played a lot of gigs. Um, but then Eric wound up coming back, and he wound up going back with Twisted. So,
0: yeah, yeah,
2: it was it was a fun period. I got I actually got a, a cool picture of that band here somewhere.
0: Yeah, well, AJ. AJ is kind of one of my sentimental favorites when it comes to drummers because oh, yeah. I, I never thought he was properly recognized for his talent, and I I always thought he was an amazing drummer, and,
2: and a very and a great human being. Man, he's just such a nice guy. Yeah, I never so had the
0: pleasure of knowing him as a human, but I always thought he was an underrated drummer.
1: Yeah, I yeah. got a photo with him and hung out with Twisted in uh, '83 when they were on that. Uh, Can't Stop Rock and Roll Tour. Mm-hmm. So it would have been wow. before, before you were at, before you had AJ. and
2: Yeah, that know. was like 87, yeah. 88, I'm going to say. Yeah.
1: So I wanted to hold this picture up, not to embarrass you, but to just for a second.
0: <laughs> Look at that young man. Budweiser
1: <laughs> suspenders. Yeah, good looking guy there. Yeah. I need some of those. Yep. Well, the <laughs> thing is, is I had Harley Davidson suspenders. Yeah. Same era. I, got I've got pictures where you know, very similar, uh, and it was just you know, hey, uh, uh, I don't mean this in a good or a bad way. The trends that singers follow, just like, well, fuck, man, I'm a rock singer. What the fuck am I gonna wear? You know, I yeah. just can't go up in my work clothes. Can't. Yeah, I've been can't making
2: a guitar like everybody else. So. Yeah, I am making
1: pizza all day, flipping burgers all day. I got a gig tonight. I can't wear this shit, yeah. so you just make it up. And it's very interesting how uh, the common denominators are similar. Yeah. suspenders, yeah. tight pants. Give me a couple beers, I'll be fine.
2: There you <laughs> have Speak, it, folks. Yeah. Speaking, <laughs> of, speaking,
0: speaking of speaking of, I've seen you know, countless pictures of, of Mark, you know, performing and photographed with no shirt on and you, and you're in pretty good shape, man. So uh, what do yeah. you, do, what do you do to, to, to stay fit? Drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> I need to try that diet.
2: Instead of eat? Uh, well, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah just stay fit, you know, I try to work. I, I do work out at it, to, you know, go to the gym and do do what I gotta do, but I'm my key to everything is everybody always asks me, How the hell do you stay thin after all this time? And dude, I'm gonna tell you the same thing I tell everybody else. When your pants get tight, don't buy new pants. Stop eating. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good plan. That, if, that is that a is good simple. plan. If you so, been again too tight, well, your body's trying to tell you something. Take the feedback off, you know, take <laughs> off the feedback for a while. Well, because you're going to fill them out too. Yeah, yeah. And then you're totally fucked.
0: I like this. I like
1: this. It's hard thing.
2: to go you, back. You get that's skinny. My, that's my weight loss plan, right there.
0: You, <laughs> it. you get skinny and you save money on clothes. It's it's, it's a win win. <laughs> well, Mark, well, Mark well, should be doing like uh, self help you know, video. Yeah, what are those infomercials after midnight? All yeah, that's a good one. Mark well, Tornillo's fitness, fitness plan.
1: I also feel like. Uh,
0: Am I saying your last name right? By the way, how do you pronounce it? Uh, Tornillo. 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 Okay.
1: Yeah. Tornillo.
2: Right. Until we go to like you know South America, then it's Tornillo.
0: Well, that's yeah. why I ask because I'm in Texas, and in Spanish, it would probably be Tornillo, but uh, Tornillo it is.
2: I have my yeah. own aisle at Home Depot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> I feel like on on that note, on your fitness and staying thin thing, uh, you know, most people overeat.
2: they do at large
1: portions.
2: very strong. It's very funny you should say that because you know my wife and I were just uh, celebrating our thirtieth wedding anniversary.
1: Congratulations. yeah,
2: so uh, we just came home from Jamaica last night.
0: Oh man. What a letdown. You come back from yeah, Jamaica really. now, <laughs> yeah. now, you're talking to us.
2: You're <laughs> there for ten days at the resort. And all I'm gonna say is you could spot the Americans right away because they're all oh, over. Yeah. over. <laughs> all over, yeah. over every last one of them. Yeah. It. It's scary. It's yeah. it is.
0: Yeah, we we are the land of plenty and sometimes not always for the better. No. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you also, I'm sure at this point in your career you've crossed paths with Udo. Is that safe to assume?
2: Yeah, we've never really had a, you know, decent conversation, but we have crossed paths.
0: Okay. I was just going to ask if, you, if you've if you had any conversations, because I feel like I've read in the press where he's been pretty complimentary towards you. You know, it doesn't seem like a lot of smack talking and that sort of thing. Like, yeah, it sounds like you've got his respect.
2: Well, I, I, I've never read, read anything really good, but. I mean, I've got nothing bad to say about him. Obviously, I was a fan. There's still Okay. Oh, yeah. A yeah. Uh, yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
2: So I hope, you know, that would be nice.
0: Yeah. I, did,
2: I think the longest conversation I ever had with Ugo was when we opened up for accept and at Lamore. It was it had to wow. be, 80, I'm going to say 86. It was balls because they, had, they were on tour with Kiss. They They played Radio City with Kiss that night and then came over and headlined L'Amour. All right. And at the end of the night, went down to their dressing room. He was, and he was, him and the crew, he was the only one down there from the band. I went, I just wanted to meet the guys, you know, went down there and he was the only one and we were having a, his, his English was not good at all. And we were just starting to talk and make a little sense. And Gabby comes down the stairs, right? Gabby, and she looks at him. She goes, "Oh at the bus, schnell!" And he goes, i us go. <laughs> he just got up and walked up the stairs.
1: Wow! <laughs>
0: uh, uh, well, so it wasn't a long conversation, but it was memorable. <laughs> oh yeah, it was
1: memorable. Was that your first meeting with Gabby?
2: Yes, we didn't meet.
1: We just were in the right, same. But you were you, you were a passerby to her yes i mean she didn't say hey get out of the way why no. are you talking no. to udo it was just udo on the bus
2: schnell. she really didn't even enter the the room it was just <laughs> you know? oh, wow yeah <laughs> on the bottom of the stairs now
1: <laughs> wow oh, yeah. like the hook coming out from the side of the stage
2: oh, yeah yeah, yeah. i mean well she's still a force to be reckoned with but you know that's
1: what i hear
0: yeah <laughs> So, what got you hooked on rock and roll, Mark? What was the what was the moment? What was the album? What was the concert? What was the band you saw on Beatles. television?
2: Case close. the Beatles, man. Yeah. I was a kid. You know, I was a kid. My my brother was nine years older than me. He came home one day and he had the the single with uh, "I Want to Hold Your Hand," and uh, flip side was mm-hmm. "Saw" standing there. Mm-hmm. Put that on. About a 45, put it on, and I i was in, like, second grade. I lost my mind. Wow. I was just like, what is this? Yeah. What the hell is it? I don't even know how to act now. <laughs> yeah, but that's huge. I just remember going to the record store every time there was a new album, going to buy the singles, going to buy the records, you know? And then I got into, obviously, many other things, but that was the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. So I want to... I remember one of the stories that you and I were chatting, and you told me about. And I think it was Lamore. Correct? Feel free to correct me. I'm I'm fully okay with being wrong. A lot of
2: things happened at Lamore. I'll tell you that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I got to play there with the toys a few times. It was fucking great. Great time. Both of them. When there was two different ones. So yeah,
2: Lamore East. Yep. Well, so, actually, there was Korea for a while. There was oh, really? Maurice was in Queen, and then there was Far East in Long Island. Wow! Now, I don't think that one ever really did that well.
1: Legendary and part of part of the whole scene. Mm-hmm. So, so you were we were hanging, and you told me a story about Iron Maiden had done a show. Oh yeah, and, and they
2: came and by. They were playing. They were playing the next night.
1: Oh, they were playing the next night, so they had a night off, but they were they were they there. Had a night off, and, they and they came, came to the, the club. club. Yep. You tell the story. What? Tell us how that transpired. TT Quick was that playing, right? TT
0: Quick, okay.
1: Yeah, TT yeah,
2: Quick was I mean, playing. Set it up. It was TT Quick, but we had a steady Thursday night at Lamore. We played it, you know, every Thursday night. Uh, we were the headliner, and I mean, you're doing six, seven hundred people. On a Thursday night, not too shabby, it was respectable. Great. Um, so we, you know, we pretty regular. It was Glenn Evans was in the band at that point. We were just at the EP, hadn't come out yet. It had to be 83, I'm going to say. And uh, the own, one of the owners, Mike, comes back into the back into the dressing room and he goes, Hey, the guys from Iron Maiden are here. They want to know if it's okay if they hang out in the dressing room. And we're like, <laughs> like we're gonna say no, right? I was like, yeah, of course. Tell them to come on back. You know, and of course we had a party going on back there. It was eight, 1983. What do you expect? Yeah. And uh, so they all come back, hung out, and we asked them, you guys want to play?" Now nah, we don't want to play. Mm-hmm. There was the opening act was on. I don't remember who it was. So changeover. They're still hanging in the dressing room. We're getting ready to go on and and we go on and we're playing we must have played about you know five or six songs and my guitar tech goes hey come here come here i'm like what they want to come up and play i want to come on up and play fine with that it's great just like so I'll tell them i'll tell them after the next song okay we did the next song and they're starting to walk up we're starting to walk off i'm going to introduce the band and the crowd knew they were there and you shoot the, the swell in the crowd just went like from, from, ah, to oh, like, you know, <laughs> maybe you couldn't, you couldn't miss Dave Murray walking out of stage. They were like, oh my God, and Steve Harris. And, uh, so I'm introducing the band and I'm getting ready to introduce the band. And actually, I'm, I'm trying to remember how it went. I have, and I have a cassette recording of this. My, my style man, brilliant that he was, had the foresight to push the button, the record button on a cassette. Yeah. Um I think I walked off before I before I introduced him because I figured they didn't need any introduction. And as I'm walking off, Steve Harris just grabbed me by the shoulder and he goes, Where are you going? I said, Well, I'm gonna he goes, Bruce isn't here, mate. You're singing. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, Well, well, I, I'm like, okay. He goes, he goes, What are we doing? I go, oh, how about, how about (laughs) Rothschild? Oh, Oh, Rothschild. I'm going, (laughs) I lost my shit, man. Oh man. I I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep for three days. (laughs) 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 Adrenaline flow was just like, oh,
0: wow. That's awesome.
2: (laughs) The crowd just lost their freaking minds. And then we had to finish the show like, Oh my God, how do we top that now? <laughs> yeah.
0: Good so, question, Jason. So, I had no so, idea.
1: Yeah. He told me that story and I was like, oh, one man. day we're going to have him on the podcast. I'm going to tell that story. Yes. yes. I have to
2: find that cassette and I have to take it and you know, run it onto a hard drive. Yeah. Wow. Get it
1: digitized.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. That so is amazing.
1: so now, and I think Dave knows this already that right there if you could put it in a bottle that's what how i felt having to go be <laughs> with except for a week <laughs> it's like what oh my god you know i don't think i slept for a week when i got home you know so uh Wow, well, that's an
0: amazing story. Because at that time, if it's 1983, they're on the Peace of Mind tour, so they are like true at the peak of their powers. Or yeah. you know, it's people
2: 82 or 83. Yeah, 82 would that. have been Number of the Beast. So yeah, either way, be... I, I mean, think was Number of the Beast. I think they were touring with Priest. Wow, I think they were touring. They were opening for Priest.
0: Wow. Well. I mean, yeah, you 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 got them in at a great time then. If you were singing for Iron Maiden in '82 or '83, how many
1: songs did you do with them? Yeah, good question. Nico you had just joined the band, so
2: you had just joined which nope. band? Nico had just joined Maiden. Oh, Nico. Oh, right, so, right, so, right, so right, this is right. peace of mind then. That's peace of mind.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right.
1: How many tunes did you jam with them?
2: Just the one. Oh, okay. Child. We just did Rothschild and that's all they wanted to do. I think, I think we played number of the beast after that. <laughs> <Without> <laughs> that's,
1: that's a good segue. Wow. No,
2: my memory serves me correctly.
1: Man. Y'all want to hear another Iron Maiden song.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Iron Maiden.
1: We can play Iron Maiden with Iron Maiden in the room. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's a great story. That I love that. I do,
1: love you, do you have any, uh, uh, Uncle Mark, you got any more awesome stories like
2: that? Yes, please. Probably none that I can tell. But... Ouch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now we really want to know.
2: Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. We played with so many damn people. at Especially at Lemoore. And even at the Birch Hill, man. When we used to, you know, yeah. there was, there was national acts coming through every week you know so played and jammed with so many freaking people it's hard to remember them all
1: so eddie trunk and don jameson and jim florentine have a new sort of youtube yeah podcast thing called that rocks and their first two episodes have had uh
2: that rock show or something
1: yeah that rocks uh they've had charlie benanti and then they've had uh david coverdale
2: nice uh
1: and uh i want to say it was the one with david Shit, it might have been both episodes because of course i watched them checked them out mm-hmm. and there's a lot of love man for tt quick because they'll do their metal six pack where they got a favorite record it was released your favorite record from 80 your favorite record from 81 or 82 or just 80s in general mm-hmm. all three of them had tt quick in there bro nice
0: man yeah they're good so, friends they're local yeah. boys right so they, yes. they all came from the same area so they probably grew up they they, went, they were at lamore when tt quick was playing we they were we, probably in the audience when mark sang for iron maiden
2: <laughs> yeah, Maybe. we did uh we did Eddie trunk's show when he was still a kid he had a a, a metal show on wdha out uh, in you know in new jersey and johnny z took us up there when we it had to be 84 when the ep came out And uh, that's when we met him and went up and did his his show. And then he wound up moving his show to uh, K-Rock at that point and then over to Q-104. So, you know, and he just kept climbing the ladder. He was a college uh, college kid, right? He became R.A. and R guy at Megaforce.
1: Right. I was going to
2: ask
0: if he had anything to do with you at at Megaforce.
2: Yeah. He was was R.A. and R guy at Megaforce. Wow. Wow. Don <laughs> Jameson. I've known Don when he went to, he used to go to Rutgers and he had a, a metal show on Rutgers radio and David and I would go in and do his show and laugh like hysterically for hours. <laughs> After nice. a gig, we'd go up there and have a few beers and just get stupid. So. <laughs>
1: cool. I love well, it. It's, re- it's really, cool. Uh, Mark, we don't want to take up too much more of your time, uh,
0: I wanted to ask real quick if I could if you could tell us about that banner behind you. It's sort of a cartoon caricature of, of I the This was
2: something we I ju- we just picked this up and let's see if I can get you a good shot of it.
0: For people that are listening and not watching, it's a it's a banner of accept and it's it's cartoon. It almost looks almost looks like South Park characters. It's
2: South Park. Park. It is South yeah. Park if yeah. you yeah. can yeah. see it. Soul okay. Thanks.
0: Yeah, I could, yeah. So it's it's except as South Park characters. Who who did that for you?
2: Guy uh, Elias Thrash is his name's on Instagram. So a lot of times he'll post pictures of us on Instagram, just you know, doing different uh, South Park things. And I think he was in Sao Paulo when we were there. It was either Curitiba or Sao Paulo? It was definitely Brazil. And he brought this into the dressing room and gave it to us. Oh. Wolf has so much stuff anymore. He's like, dude, you want to take it with you? I, I, I got to get rid of things. I can't even, I don't even have a place to hang anything anymore. I'm like, yeah, I got a spot for that, man. I took a few sure. things yeah' It you looks know, great. Feeling the love
1: down there, man. It's amazing. I I uh, dude, South
2: America mm-hmm. is the final frontier, man. Those people are just Rabid for metal, man. Yeah, yeah. There, we were in. We did a show in in Costa Rica and one in Honduras as well. So Central America, same thing. It's just insane. Absolutely yeah. nutty. Yeah, always has and, been. And, and then we all got sick, but it was funny because we were traveling with Gravedigger and Testament, and uh, and we all got sick. Everybody's got. Sick.
1: <laughs> brutal. It's brutal. oh uh-huh. Well, yeah. so so Uva was back in the day was in Grave Digger with there, some, yeah. some of his old buddies. He They're was there.
2: Ordering. Wow! Yeah, so they they have, haven't talked in years too. I think him wow. and the singer uh, finally uh, kissed and made up. Understood? <laughs> yeah. whatever Wow, so,
1: that's amazing. Buried the hatchet. Know,
2: I don't know all the stories, but yeah, they were they were they, were, they got along well. We got along okay. well with all.
1: So. buried the shovel i should say grave digger <laughs> buried the shovel yeah, yeah, yeah. well you know uh,
0: it's a right? good thing you're a singer and not a comedian <laughs> well, <laughs> you got that shit right but so I, Mark, real quick where, uh, "Too to mean to die another great album uh from accept with you on vocals you you mentioned at the top of the show that you're you're already writing a new album uh is there a timeline on that and is andy sneep involved again
2: uh, as a matter of fact, he is. Um, when we left South America, Wolf flew to Germany instead of back to Nashville. So he went over to Uva's for a, a while because we've been bouncing things back and forth and, you know, ideas and riffs and hooks and songs. And so we're in that process of, you know, really getting deep into it now. So he went over to Uva's to his studio. And the two of them worked out some stuff and he went from there to Andy's and he spent some time at Andy's studio. So Andy's in the mix now. There's, From what I understand, there's a, somewhere close to nine songs that are going to be, I'll be presented with now. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> Start Skeleton. writing those lyrics. Skeleton's oh, been, well, we're already
2: on that. I mean, I've I've yeah. been sending you know, a lot of it starts that way. Man, I'll I'll send i I'll send him lyrics and it just comes back as a song. Like zombie apocalypse. That's exactly what happened there. I wow. said I sent him lyrics and I got that back. It was like, whoa! <laughs> that, that <ass. laughs> That's badass. Not at all what so- I had in mind, but
0: yeah. But I'll take that, yeah. So, you have, yeah.
1: th- no, that's a good, th- let's talk about that just a second. Every, every writer, all bands and writers in the band have their process. So yeah. you told Wolf a title and he sent you a song based on the title or you sent no, him I all sent the him lyrics. lyrics?
2: I sent him all well, lyric ideas. I mean, I, I have to, I obviously wind up rephrasing things and yeah. reshaping the way, you know, certain things work. But basically that was it dead on. Same thing with The Undertaker. The Undertaker was uh, actually a poem that I had written because Gabby and I were texting one day about something, and we had someone—I don't know—someone was sick or someone had passed or something, and we were talking about it. And she goes, "Well, the Undertaker's a busy man," and I went, "I," and I just said something back like uh, one of the lines in the song, "Sifts us all as grains of sand" or something like that. And then she sent another line back, and I went. Well, it's on now. That's it.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I put it down, got out the pad and I wrote three stanzas and sent it back to her and she was like, "Wow, that's amazing." I'm like, "Okay, cool. Never thought of it being a song." And then when it came came time around to the ideas for to me to die, I came across that and I went, "Well, let me send it. See what he thinks." I sent it to him. He was like, "Dude, this is so cool." And I had to change quite a few things, but that's exactly how it happened. So, you know, but, just like anything sparks an idea in him. His riffs yeah. spark ideas in me. So, you know, it's a give and take and you got to be open to, you know, well, that's going to have to change and this is going to have to change. And it's like, but it's always that way. You know, Jason, you yeah. know what's working with yeah. the producers producer with your yeah. ideas. They have ideas, and it's like, well, wasn't what I was thinking, but okay, you got to leave. At least have to be open to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's still which is in, hard in infancy. You know, yeah, get yeah. it. You have to be able to like, well, you know, I really wanted it to have green eyes. Well, it's got black eyes and horns. What are you gonna do?
2: Man? <laughs> good way of putting it. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Mark. Of- Hey, Mark. It's been yes, sir. It's been great to hang Absolutely. with you today. We That's, appreciate
2: hey, you. Hey, bro, what are you doing with yourself? You, uh, you playing?
1: I, I am. Uh, uh, not a whole lot. I've got some shows coming up. I just did the the Monsters of Rock cruise. Oh, nice! Uh, I'm, I'm fronting. What oh, are do do you doing next year, right? I'm on next year with the Toys, yeah. with Armored Saint, and Accept. And Accept. That's it.
2: <laughs> That's a little weird. That's going to be killer. Don't that's get sick more. <laughs> little well, bit you're weird. sing with both bands, I'm sure. It's Pretty weird.
1: <laughs> but but no, the the cruise just happened. It was a, it was a couple weeks ago now and I was fronting Dirty Looks. Do You remember that band yeah, Dirty I remember Looks? Very.
2: Yeah, we, we played with them before back yeah. in the day.
1: Yeah, I'm fronting them now. I have been for a few years now and uh we it was killer. What was the singer's name? Henrik Ostergaard.
2: Wait, Henrik, that's it. Yep.
1: Yeah. He was yeah. fucking good, dude.
2: Not a band anymore, huh? Just, no, he, uh, passed he passed away about
1: he passed away about 11 years ago yeah 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 and then paul uh, the the, paul the guitar player Well, should it it's it's three guys it's it's paul and gene the drummer and jack the bass player who were on cool from the wire and turn of the screw yep. they're the og they're the guys that are still in the band and then henrik passed away and they called me like five years ago to ask me to get involved. And I did, of course, because uh, I'm a huge fan. But anyway, uh, yeah, Henrik was a great singer, man. He was like a yeah. screamer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, we, uh, we appreciate you very much.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I just want to add, uh, Mark, that I, I think you've done a tremendous job with Accept, not that you need my stamp of approval, but uh, I mean, five records, uh, batting a thousand, you guys are doing great together. And uh, you, like I said, stepped into some impossible shoes and just knocked it out of the park. So congratulations, man.
2: Thank you very much, man. Appreciate I appreciate
0: that. And I appreciate you being on our show today. That's It's been a pleasure talking to you.
2: My pleasure. I didn't feel like work at all. <laughs> no, it's not.
0: we not try, try to we, keep it fun. We
2: try Before to keep
1: we let fun. him go, I just want to let everybody know that uh, it was an honor working with him, and then having Mark having it was you today. Having you out
2: there with us, man, it was fucking fuck, great.
1: Fucking awesome. Thank you for saying that.
2: Not, and, my stage is your stage, bro. You know that. Uh,
1: you guys were so kind. I mean, you guys treated me like family, and I, I, I talk so highly of all of you guys all the time. But what I was gonna say is I want your voice is almost inhuman because as we say, you know, we're we're all getting a little bit long in the tooth. Those of you who sing heavy metal, any kind of power metal or power singing, with it's loud and it's high, and it's guttural and it's mean, and you know who your influences are. You haven't lost anything, my man. You That's I was listening to that TT Quick shit today, and I'm going, fuck, he still can do that. It's (laughs) like, if you had to put meters on a stick in years, how many years have you been singing like that? You're not, you won't embarrass yourself. I think it's a
2: feather in your hat. He's doing the math. Well, since I quit smoking, that happened in 1980. Because I had I had, uh, I had a collapsed lung. I had walking pneumonia. We were playing. TT Quick was playing six nights a week, smoking two packs a day. Didn't sing like that, but really just <laughs> right. got really sick uh, and didn't want to cancel shows and put everybody out of work. So I just kept going and going and going and finally wound up in the hospital with collapsed lung. Wow. Made me quit smoking. And when I get out of uh, the hospital – the doctor had told me, oh, and you don't sing anymore. And I went,
1: my. the hell, okay. the,
2: the hell yeah, I don't he know. What yeah, does I'm he know? It, smoking, <laughs> put at least an octave on my throat, you know? Oh yeah. And that was when we really started hitting it hard with ACDC and Judas Priest and that kind of stuff. So, so that's yeah. how long. So that's what? 43 years? Yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah going on 44. Yep. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing, man, that you could just come out there and and be a fucking tank like you are, dude.
2: No such thing as tuning down and accept. No. (laughs) You you can attest to that. It's 440A.
1: That's right. Bring it the fuck on. That's (laughs)
2: right. All right. Well, I'm just going to have to keep stretching it then. That's right. Have you heard anything about the uh, Jersey Sound documentary that's coming out?
1: No, like a movie, a film?
2: Did you and I talk about that? We didn't.
1: I don't think there's, so. Don't, that sounds amazing. There,
2: there's, a, uh, there's a guy, his name's Fulvio Cicieri. He's a Canadian. He did he did a wrestling doc called 100 or 200 and something days. You ever seen that? No. It's on Amazon. I think it's 250 days. Okay. Because that if you're an up-and-coming wrestler, that's how many days you wrestle out of the year. You know, it's like, it's insane. That's right? crazy. Right? So he was a kill- really killer documentary. So he got the idea of doing a documentary just about New Jersey, about musicians in New Jersey. And it started out, it was just going to be the Jersey club scene, but he went back all the way to the 20s. And every genre, every type of music, and everybody who's ever come from New Jersey is in it. It was going to be just a full-length movie. Now it's going to be a limited uh, documentary series on Amazon. Whoa. So, and we're all in it. Everybody's in it. But I mean, it's Sinatra, the Four Seasons, you name it. Misfits right on up to, you know, to present day. Obviously, Springsteen and Bon Jovi. And yeah, of
1: course. Right. But, you know, but whiplash. Like everything
2: in between. I mean, we've all networked and guys, did you talk to this guy? No. Here, call him. You know, I'm like, hook yeah. him. here. here's Bobby Blitz's number. Here, here's yeah. Stevie yeah. Blitz's number. Here's, you
1: know, come on. Here's Joey DeMaio's number. Yes, All, all exactly. three of them. <laughs>
2: All three of them. Them. I mean, it's. Yeah. A, I think I did the interview like two years ago. So and finally okay. kind of out now. They're, we're just getting contracts and you know for release form. Music. Yeah, yeah, release forms for cool. music. You
0: know. Oh wow, we'll look for yeah. that. That sounds great. Yeah, Jersey Monster
1: Magnet, Whiplash, everyone in there. I yeah,
2: bet. yep. Be killer. I'm looking for
1: it. Fucking love it. I feel like an on. I'm I'm an honorary member of the Jersey metal scene because. Uh, I've been writing records with Dan Lorenzo. Yeah, there you go. And, I, and I'm friends with, uh, you call him Angus, remember? Yeah, Ed, that's Ed uh, Javaruski. Ed Javaruski. Yeah. Yeah. He was my in Dangerous Toys on our first tour. 11 months, he was my LD. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's Small right. ass world. Yeah, man. Yep. <laughs> Mark, thank you.
0: Yeah, thank Mark, you. thank you so much. On behalf of my co-host, Chase McMaster, I'm Metal Dave Glessner with our special guest today, Mark Tornillo from Except <laughs> Talk Louder Podcast.